0: thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Welcome to
1: the podcast. In and through exist to equip the church to be hearers and doers of the word. My name is Tim.
0: And my name is Marshall.
1: And as we were just saying, mm. we open a can of worms this week. Big one. Costco. Costco Can of worms. Yeah. For our listenership in the south. <laughs> who doesn't have Costco?
0: Oh, they don't. Sam's Club. Oh, is it the same thing?
1: Size can of worms. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I haven't lived there. I in just assume Costco was
0: in the states too.
1: I think it is. Uh but Arkansas is Walmart Country? Right. So <laughs> Sam's Club <laughs> is Walmart taking over that side of things too.
0: Oh, interesting. Yeah. Cool. Well, yeah, we are into a can of worms because today we're going to talk about the law. The L word. The law. Yeah, and this, this really needs a disclaimer with it. It does.
1: Because for the next six weeks, mm. maybe five weeks, mm. we're going to talk a lot about the law. Yeah. And it's going to sound like we are legalists. That's right. And it's going to sound like we are promoting a works-based approach to salvation.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We're not. But there has to be a baseline of what God expects from people.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think there's going to be some people, maybe not much of our listenership, but some people who would hear what we have to say about the law and would say that we're the exact opposite of legalists because we're not advocating for certain things within the law. Right. It'll be an interesting... Journey over the next wait month.
1: You're not telling me that you've eaten a goat boiled in its mother's milk.
0: but it tastes so good, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> a little paprika on there.
1: Yeah, I <laughs> I once had a friend. Th- this is going to sound like a a very conspicuous set of uh, distance things, but I had a friend. Okay, have a friend who uh, hung out in some sort of Jewish circles. Mm-hmm. That would argue against eating a cheeseburger because there is in theory at least the potential. Oh. That the cow used to make the burger and the che- the milk used to make the cheese could somehow be of relation close enough to be a violation of that
0: law. Wow. I never even thought about that. Wrap
1: your head around that one,
0: man. Can you imagine a world without cheeseburgers?
1: <laughs> I don't want to.
0: I don't want to either. <laughs> I can
1: imagine. I can imagine a pandemic lockdown. Yep. I don't want to think about a world without cheeseburgers.
0: <laughs> what else is going to get you through the lockdown? I mean, come on. Yeah. <laughs> Not like I'm eating a lot of cheeseburgers right no. now. <laughs> but now I want a cheeseburger. I haven't had one. I've been trying to do the. I told you earlier about the. The trying to lose the weight thing. It's going. It's actually going. I mm-hmm. haven't given up. We're into February now. And I haven't quit. All right. So I'm losing weight. Way to not quit. I'm like halfway to my goal. But the first half is always like 10 times easier than the second half. That's right. just the way it goes. So the easy work is done. But now I want a cheeseburger. <laughs> Get behind me, Satan. What are you doing? Anyways. <laughs> uh, anyway. So
1: <laughs> somehow we were talking about all the disclaimers that need to. That's right. <laughs> got off on a tangent. Sure. Uh, interesting. Interesting. Uh, as it may be mm-hmm. a tangent, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. So, so here's the thing. Spoiler alert: Christ has come to deliver us mm-hmm. from the punishment of our inability to keep the law. Yes, but this is the law that we can't keep. Right. That's what we're talking about for weeks to come.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And the reason this matters, we live in a we live in a world that that isn't quite shocked by grace. Mm. the way that we should be, because we're pretty entitled, right? Like yeah. anything goes wrong, massive snowstorm hits, where was our government? We're above this, we're supposed to be prevented from this, why can't I drive, right? Um, <laughs> it's got to be someone's fault, because we're entitled to be above all things. Right. Uh, the pandemic is a great example sure. of that, yeah. right? Like how on earth could this, it must be a conspiracy, mm. Because this is what used to happen. It doesn't happen to us because we're past it because we have iPhones, right? <laughs> Technology has moved us beyond this, and we're immune right. to any of the world's trappings. <laughs> right. And if, and if anything happens, it's got to be someone's fault. So we're very entitled. mm mm-hmm. Grace and mercy are our expectation.
0: I think that's a fair statement, yeah.
1: And not justice. Mm-hmm. And so, in some ways, it's really important for us to go back and reteach justice. What is our due recourse? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, this is what is due recourse. So that we are later shocked by the grace and mercy of Christ. Yeah. That would keep us from paying our due course. Yeah.
0: No, I think that's great. Yeah. look, Looking at, like, the the grace and mercy of God will shine brighter when it's contrasted with the heaviness of the law. Right. Right. And our own, and our own, own darkness within our own hearts as we violate that law regularly. Right.
1: Yeah. Cause I, I think when we say Jesus will forgive you of all your sin, I think a lot of people will be like, well, why Whitney?
0: Yeah, of course he would. Yeah. Right? Isn't he a nice guy?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, that's a that's a good point. So the question this week is: What does the law of God require? And we already talked a little bit about why this question matters. I think. But, yeah. But I think we need to remember too, like God spent a good deal of time telling humanity what he expected of them. Right. Right. Like th- Like law or commands or teachings of, you know, proper worship and proper living make up a substantial amount of the scriptures.
1: Yeah, and, and like we talked about last week, this is not only something that the Judeo-Christian culture would look to, but mm-hmm. m- pretty much every religion mm-hmm. has this concept. Every deistic religion mm-hmm. has a concept of appeasing God. Mm-hmm. And so, at, as we said last time, we're not talk- we weren't then talking about appeasing God, but worshiping God. Now we are talking about appeasing God. What does it take Mm -hmm. to appease God and to earn his favor? And that's a question universally asked. And So let's answer it. If it's not just worship, what would it take to appease him? Mm -hmm. Some wrong answers. Pelagius famously argued that it can be done. Mm Mm-hmm. Theoretically, he would argue that it's never been done apart from Christ. Right. But could be done that a person would live in such a way that they would be sinless and perfectly fulfill everything that God requires of them. Yeah. Augustine disagreed. (laughs) Augustine says no for about a thousand pages. Yeah, that's pretty much uh, it. Of multiple conversations back and forth between them. Um, but that's an answer.
0: Yeah, yeah. I not mean, a good one. Yeah, I mean, there's some who would kind of who would kind of um characterize God as not really not really caring all that much about what we do. Yeah, right? it's really about what you believe. He doesn't. He's not really concerned about what you do. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a pretty common answer. Maybe not. Maybe not expressed that succinctly, but that. That way of thinking exists in Christianity in the church, right? God mm-hmm. not r- doesn't really care about what you do. Um, or it's, you know that it's up to us to kind of pick and choose which commands are relevant to us or that the law of God in its entirely, in, in, in its entirety is completely obsolete mm-hmm. and we need to we don't have to bother paying any attention to it right. Um, or conversely, that uh, we got to do it all. Right? Like that, that, and that, like that, even the ceremonial and, you know, uh, legal codes of Israel still apply to us today. So, like tassels on the cloak, Mm -hmm. cutting your beard a certain way.
1: I trimmed my beard. Can you tell?
0: Yeah, it looks nice actually. You cleaned it up. Yeah. Unfortunately, our listeners can't appreciate the. the How they watch Sunday morning service. There you go. Yeah. Yeah.
1: and, And so I. I agree with that. I, I think that this question goes beyond the mosaic law, yep, and just into the general universal law mm-hmm. of what is required of God, mm-hmm. and and ev- even in that you have people who are antinomian, nomian meaning to do with law, mm-hmm. anti mean anti anti, <laughs> uh, and so so even so there are people who are antinomian within Christianity that are like oh now that we have grace. We, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Let us continue in sin so that grace may abound.
0: By no means.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And, but even in the secular world, there's this nod to, even if deism was a thing, Mm. then surely antinomianism would also be a thing, right? I've heard Christopher Hitchens say, even if there was a God that existed, let's presume there is a God over all the universe, Mm -hmm. Surely he has something else to do other than to worry about who I'm sleeping with, mm. right? That is such a backwards concept of why God has a law. Mm-hmm. God doesn't have a law because He's hyper concerned with what everyone else is doing. He's not a meddling busybody. It's <laughs> just like I I need people to be doing what I want them to be doing. Mm-hmm. The concept is his glory Mm -hmm. all creation exists for his glory and so us keeping the law is about us having a place in his presence Mm -hmm. and expressing his glory
0: yeah yeah i think it's helpful to to go back and remember what we've already discussed about who god is right if god is in fact all-knowing and he is good then the things he tells us to do are true and mm-hmm. good. Right. Right. This isn't, this isn't, you know, him trying to, you know, restrict us for his own, I don't know, sick pleasure. He, he actually knows how we ought to conduct ourselves. He's he's created us in his own image. And he said, this type of behavior is consistent with my will. Right. And and his own character to some degree, right? Like, because we're made in his image, he's like, this is godly living, and I can tell you that it is because I am, in fact, God.
1: Right, and if you consider a holy environment, mm-hmm. the same way we would consider a sterile environment, mm. right? It only takes one germ to compromise a sterile environment. Mm-hmm. And so they go to the nth degree to be certain— That the environment remains sterile. Mm. God is, and his presence is, holiness. We aren't allowed to just be like, good enough's good enough. Mm. Because anything that we bring in that is not holiness makes the presence of God less than holy. Mm -hmm. And that's unacceptable.
0: When you were talking about how it only takes a germ... in my head, suddenly I was singing a song, but changing the words like it only takes a germ to get a virus growing. I don't know why that came through my head, but we wa- need to pause this. I wanted to share. We that. need to pause this and recover from that <laughs> statement.
1: <laughs> Man, I love that song. When I was a kid and we used to do choose your favorite hymn. Yeah. Every every time that was my jam. <laughs>
0: Uh, the, the real version. The real, yeah, not 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 my not the weird version. owl version. <laughs> it's just COVID going through my brain. Okay, so so we've talked about how some people might answer this question right incorrectly. Right. New City Catechism. What does the law of God require? Personal, perfect. And perpetual obedience. Let's just bask in the glory of that alliteration right there. Definitely written by a Baptist. Who's the Baptist right. on the TGC?
1: The Baptist on the TGC.
0: Wouldn't be Keller.
1: No, Keller's Presbyterian. So is Kevin DeYoung. Hmm. Um, I don't Donald know. Carson is not. I think he's Anglican or something. Yeah. So um, we'll have to find out. But that well, was definitely a yeah. Baptist
0: that wrote that personal, perfect, and perpetual obedience. That we love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love our neighbor as ourselves. What God forbids should never be done, and what God commands should always be done. So just
1: that—that's it. (laughs) Just the yeah, that's it. Just keeping it simple.
0: Yeah, just. (laughs) Oh
1: man. Yeah, and and, you know, this drive a person crazy,
0: Mm.
1: right? Literally, almost did Martin Luther. Yeah. So Martin Luther, before the Reformation, comes across the passage that the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Mm -hmm. Makes the, the, draws the conclusion in and of himself that then the greatest sin must be to not love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And that was a crushing weight. Oh, yeah. To the point that he was spending so much time in confession booths that those he was confessing to were walking out on him. <laughs> we're talking like multiple hours. They were ready to commit him <laughs> for mental help. And they were, there's record of them telling him, come back when you have something to confess. Mm. Right? Right. Because this concept was driving him crazy he opens the book of romans and comes to find out grace and as we said earlier he is shocked by grace Mm -hmm. and mercy Mm -hmm. in a way that he hadn't been before because he understood their requirement and how heavy and impossible of a weight that requirement of the law is Mm -hmm. so this concept is the launching pad for the Reformation, yeah, um, because Martin Luther understood the weight, the gravity of what's being said here. Mm-hmm. Personal, perfect, perpetual—it's quite superlative.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is a standard that that none of us can meet, um, and that's why Pelagius was wrong. Um, it is—it is impossible right? Right. When we understand, I mean, the, the way that sin is described, I mean, there in in scripture says that like to know what the right thing is and to not do it is sin. Mm -hmm. Like, how do you, how do you fulfill that? Right. I mean, you look around you at the world and everything that is going on around us and all of the difficult situations we find ourselves in and to, just to understand how you ought to respond, what the absolute best way to respond to every situation is, and to fall short of that is sin, right, like how you no, this isn't just about breaking rules, this is about not being perfect in every possible way,
1: and how many times in my own life have I come to realize things about myself mm. that I was oblivious to mm-hmm. before, yeah, and and realizing, no, Tim, that's wrong, that has to change mm-hmm. right. Mhm. So I sin without even knowing it. Yeah. And by grace of God, discover it along the way and can begin to address it. But man, as far as just things that I know to be addressing that I'm not addressing, mm-hmm. it's it's and and with that uncovering a sin that was hidden in my heart that I didn't realize. According to this, it's not even as if I could look to that sin and go, oh, I see that now, I'll fix it. Mm-hmm. You no, know, no, the the response would have to be, I see that, which means I have not been personally, perfectly, or perpetually. It's too late.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: It's too late. There's, There's no payment there's no recourse i can't undo what's been done Mm -hmm. Um, that's the gravity of it all Mm -hmm. and what that is to say again is not that god has this super tight magnifying glass that he is just following us around waiting for the opportunity to strike us down waiting on a good people to do something bad so that he can hit us with a lightning bolt that's zeus Mm -hmm. and not yahweh Mm -hmm. we have to remember that yeah. But instead, this is me coming to the realization of how much germage I am bringing into yeah. the environment. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. This is me realizing I don't belong here. Yeah. I'm the one messing all of this up. I am corrupting what was sterile, I am defiling what was sacred and righteous.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's the realization, and that's the weight. Mm hmm. The onus is not on God. It's on me. Right. And I think I think if we ever want to truly see God in a way that we can look to his law and worship him for what he requires, we have to understand that we are the failure and not him. Mm-hmm. And man, it's hard not to get into the next f- five weeks and how yeah. they're going to handle these things. Yeah, uh, But we have to leave this in a bit of an introductory way or else we're just going to run into yeah. sharp redundancies.
0: Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. I I w- was really struck by, so if you have the, the version that has the um, commentaries, what John Wesley has to say is mm. fantastic. I mean, Wesley has a lot of good things to say. Um, interestingly enough, uh, Wesley did kind of end up getting into an area of like advocating that you can kind of reach a sinless state, not that you were yourself perpetually sinless, but that you could advance in your Christian walk to such a point where it wasn't really a problem anymore. Um, so he, I,
1: he eventually dialed that back.
0: I think he did. Yeah. yeah.
1: Towards the end, he pulled that back. There was, there are a number of Wesleyan followers mm. who were like, now nah, we're going to keep it. <laughs> but Wesley himself was like,
0: I might have missed the mark there.
1: I, I might have uh, gotten ahead of myself there. Yeah,
0: yeah, and and I think one of the things too that we can grow in our appreciation for God when we understand the the degree of obedience that is required is is we can grow in our appreciation of Christ and who He is mm-hmm. that He did this. Right. That he actually did this. And he didn't do this in, you know, in this like, you know, isolated, perfect little, you know, bubble where nothing bad was happening to him and he didn't have to overcome or deal with any anything, you know, any opposition or or difficult people or whatever it might be. He did that in the context of being poor. Growing up in a land that was divided politically and socially and religiously, he did it in the context of people coming against him. He did it in the context of him being wrongly um, accused, and he was uh, whipped and beaten and crucified, and in the midst of all that, he did not sin. He -hmm. was personally perfect and perpetually obedient, Mm -hmm. Um, which I think is just amazing. Right. Right. So I think it, it grows our appreciation of, of who Christ is at the same time.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, what Wesley and, and what Juan Sanchez has to say, mm. Um. both, both fantastic. The passage that this uh, comes from mm-hmm. is not an Old Testament passage taken out of context. But Jesus speaking in Matthew. Mm-hmm telling them love the lord your god with all your heart soul and mind mm mm-hmm. because it's the first and the greatest commandment um yeah
0: yeah and interestingly and this we know that the second one is to love your neighbor as yourself and he says he on these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets so he's saying these two things are the foundation of all that god has commanded you to do right right like are you getting bogged down by the 600-plus laws plus all the, you know, uh, pharisaical literature on top of it. Well, if you can do these two things perfectly, then you've got everything covered, mm-hmm. right? In a sense, he's simplifying it, but the standard has not been lowered. It's it's still impossible.
1: Yeah, because when you get into the, the Talmud mm-hmm. and— It gets heavy. Oh, yeah, <laughs> the way they interpret these laws, um, it gets compoundingly heavy. And this mm-hmm. is why Jesus will rebuke them and mm-hmm. say— you're treating the traditions of man as if they were doctrine.
0: Yeah, laying heavy burdens on the people. Right,
1: Right. burdens that you yourself can't uh, handle. Yeah. Uh, some of the highest of Pharisees, I know one thing that you always like to point out that I also think is funny, some of the highest of Pharisees that would have their own herb gardens <laughs> would measure their herbs yeah, so that as they grew, they would know what would be 10% of the growth <laughs> of that plant uh, because that is, in effect, income um mark mark takes a couple of jabs in his gospel mm-hmm. at the pharisees yeah uh, when they ask about hand washing which is arguably more about the rabbinical law and not the mosaic law mm-hmm. and um goes on to talk about like well you went to the market so you got to take a bath <laughs> wash your clothes you brought that into your house so you got to clean the whole house um, how far is this going to go? Yeah, Quick exactly. little sarcastic jab, yeah. from Mark. I like it.
0: Yeah, where's the line? Yeah, with that with that way of thinking. But yeah, this this obedience, this this love for God is really the at the core of what it means to be obedient, right? The the, the sometimes we can kind of um, wrongly divide these two concepts of love for God and obedience to God, but they Scripture is clear they are they are tightly intertwined.
1: Yeah, right. You're teaching John. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to step on your toes. <laughs> but in John, yep, Jesus says more than once, "Those who love me are the one who keep my commandments." Yeah, right. You can't be like, "I love that guy." I mean, I disregard him, <laughs> but I love him. Yeah. Um. So that's a thing. it so what? Mm. What does it mean that people saved by grace through faith understand? the law mm. and what the law requires why does it matter for us um, to be fair it seems that we are in a day where at least in in my own personal circles where most people coming to this kind of a conversation listening to the podcasts and whatever are people raised up in the church they've sort of been at this for a while When I look at the so what, I think for a lost world, it helps them understand, like we said, that they need to be saved. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: That they're not entitled to forgiveness. But when I look at it from the perspective of the church and myself, who was raised in the church, I can approach so much of scripture. I don't want to use the word numb but overly familiar.
0: Sure. Desensitized.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. And so, so what happens when I come in it overly familiar
0: Mm -hmm.
1: is I forget the glory of God and the depravity of my sin. Mm -hmm. It's one thing for someone to say, Hey, let me pick up the check. And you're like, it was a $20 burger. Mm. Oh, the burger again. The burger again. I could have paid that. Right. I mean, that you did, I'm grateful for. it. Mm-hmm. I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Um, it wouldn't have been a big deal if I have picked it up. Mm. But that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about that debt that causes you to sit and say, there's no way. Mm-hmm. there's yeah. no way I can do this. And then someone coming along, not forgiving it, mm. but paying it. Yeah. Right? That's that's a big thing about atonement that we have to keep in mind. Mm-hmm. Jesus didn't come to say, never mind. The law of God doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. He came to pay the price. Yeah. Because it does matter. So, let's not pretend like this is gone. It's yeah. not gone. Yeah the price is paid
0: yeah yeah so yeah because of the atoning sacrifice of christ we are freed from the condemnation of the law but but we don't just set the law aside then like it's it's not not, a jot or tittle yeah right we are in fact what we learn is that we are in fact empowered by the spirit to obey right Mm -hmm. that god didn't do away with his law He provided a rescue through Christ. Christ still had to obey that law perfectly. That was still necessary. And he, like you said, had to die for our disobedience. So now our obedience isn't isn't something that we're attempting to do to earn our salvation, but rather it's a response of faith in what he has done for us. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think so. So the law does matter because if if we have put our faith in christ and if we truly love him then we will seek to obey the law of god and so it is imperative that we that we search our hearts and we search through the scriptures and we 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 while empowered by the spirit and understanding that we're not under the condemnation of the law that we still seek to live uh the holy lives right and so
1: yeah, and you know even though I I said earlier we've opened up a can of worms and this mm-hmm. is going to get sticky and all that kind of stuff. I'm really happy for it mm-hmm. because I think this amongst Christians and non-Christians alike is probably the greatest confusion of what Christianity is.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: What do we do with all of these passages that the greater portion of scripture takes place in a world where a Mosaic law reflects this universal truth law mm-hmm. of God, mm-hmm. that command to righteousness, that do these things, don't do those things. Mm-hmm. What do we do with all of that? And yeah. I think that gets really confused. I've lost so many friends mm-hmm. to uh, sort of like a Hebrew roots movement mm. of the law plus Christ. Right. Um, which, man, it's so old. Right. Mm. The the Judaizers in Galatians. Yeah, it's the same. Thing. Right. It's been going on since the first century. Mm-hmm. So it's not a new thing. I think I think a lot of what's being written to in Hebrews is about this. I think a lot of what's going on in Second Timothy is about this. Mm. Um, it's it's something that's being written on regularly yeah. uh, throughout Scripture. Mm-hmm. Yet it's something that we still don't get. Mm-hmm. We still don't have our heads fully wrapped around it. I think the chronological reading through the Bible was useful, mm-hmm. um, but maybe this will be a piling on of that and a more laser focused yeah. effort toward it that we can we can have people sort of come to terms with mm-hmm. what we do with the law, yeah, in a grace world. Mm-hmm. Why Jesus says anyone who teaches that this is gone. Mm-hmm. Will be least in the kingdom. Mm-hmm. Um, yet, why we're not following a legal code as is laid out for us in mm. Leviticus?
0: Yeah, yeah. No, that's it's it's some stuff to wade through. And I mean, I'm glad that we've got a few weeks to to work through it. I mean, one of the things that I hope to kind of get a better grasp of as we work through this, and hopefully other people do, is underst- understand understand how to hold you know the grace and, and law in in a, a healthy tension mm-hmm. and understand that maybe there's even some grace in the law <laughs> for sure yeah so anyways yeah yeah there was always a sacrifice to be made mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. anything else you want to add no i'm good you're good all right well thanks for listening this podcast is a resource of memorial baptist church in stratford ontario in cooperation with the gospel coalition of canada and is produced by alex walker next time.
0: Take care, everybody.